This episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is brought to you in part by Pinoracle Arcade and Pinball Repair. If you're in the DFW area and need an affordable arcade and pinball repair team, give the team over at Pinoracle your hard-earned coins and dollars. In my opinion, here's the best part. They come to your establishment and do all repairs in-house, so there's no worry on transportation, shipping, or delivery. It's all done from the comfort of your establishment. So if you want to give your machines a one-up and extra life, go call 682-205-8705. Contact Panoracle Arcade and Pinball Repair today and get a special discount by mentioning you heard it from Damien. What's up, folks? It is a special edition of the Big O' Belt Wrestling Podcast. Y'all see the guy? Yeah, it's going to be a fun one tonight. Tonight's episode, we're about to start that right now. For another episode of the Big O Belt Wrestling Podcast. It's eight o'clock Thursday, Eastern Standard Time. So you know what it is. Time for us to go live to talk some wrestling. I'm the host here in Nigeria, and I'm by myself. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally, I get to get my brother on the show. Man, we've been talking so much about wanting to do stuff and uh everything aligned correctly tonight. And none nonetheless, because you see the guy, you know the man, Phil. One of the co-hosts of Graph City Podcast. You can find that on Fightful.com. Journalist, writing articles for Bleacher Report. He's all over the place. You see him on the Twitter. He, he, he. Hey, listen. Don't be coming for my man, all right? That's all I'm going to say on that note. <laughs> but nonetheless, Phil, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's going on with you, man? Nothing uh, much, man. It's a blessing it, to have you today. Man, thank you for having me. Uh, I know we talked about it for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Phil is going to uh, bless us with his uh, all his knowledge and intellect and all things wrestling tonight. And of course, you know what we're starting off with, folks. Y'all heard about the big announcement that was coming, and it landed last night, last night on Dynamite. Um, and it's been rumored for a while that Tony, well, it ain't been rumored, but everybody knew Tony Khan had an announcement. And there's been a bunch of rumors attached to that, but the rumor, as I said, has landed and announced was that AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling was going to have their first joint pay-per-view aw new japan pro wrestling forbidden door phil let's just bring it in real easy on this one your thoughts about the announcement once it dropped hey man so i kind of knew what's happening because i saw the report um i think voice of wrestling i think that was the jcast that was the first that was the first guys i saw talking about it and they were saying june 23rd and I was like, okay, all right. Well, I believe when I see it. And then I started seeing some other rumblings. And then I got privy to something that said the 26th on it. And I was like, wait a minute, that's a Sunday. 
that's a pay-per-view day that actually makes more sense and so i was like this might be real and i saw some other stuff i was like hmm okay so i wasn't totally surprised by the announcement but as a chicagoan as a new japan fan i am super excited i mean this is the united center this is like this is like jordan six rings this is uh banners up on a wall this is <laughs> this is not just punk coming back home this is punk coming home and possibly wrestling new japan wrestlers this is it's amazing yeah yeah i think the biggest thing for me um i love chicago and i'm always looking for a reason to get back and i always said that the next time i wanted to get back to chicago was for a pay-per-view being held at the united center that's the big that's the big center that's the, the place you want to run so you know we, we we know the aw uh you know frequent runs in the chicago is round area but never the united center so hoffman hoffman yeah. at chicago <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So um, the announcement for me, I was like, oh, okay. This checks off all the boxes as to why I will be there. Um, but I will say, let's 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 go back to where the other rumors were kind of going out with this because everybody was very high on this being the streaming service deal. And I've been very vocal for about a month saying it's not happening. Not right now. Um, Warner Media has a lot of other issues right now than to be trying to bring in new content where they're quickly getting rid of content. I mean, the first red flag was when they say they were going to go back and look at all of the DC property and that's their cash cow. So if they're going back to saying, all right, we're we're not sure what we're going to do with these original uh, series and the film slate and does this fit our identity? I mean, when you start talking about the things that really brings Warner Media Discovery uh, money and you're like, this doesn't fit our mode, and it's too edgy and it's like okay whoa this this is different <laughs> announced today cnn plus just recently announced less than a month ago has already got the boot so you know it just didn't make sense that it was going to be streaming service because it just seems like there's is a lot of restructuring reorging going on with warner media so um yes so with this being an announcement this is intriguing like again i love chicago so a reason i have to travel um, and for this, which will be in a historic event, it's exciting. I'm just not overly excited because I feel like with the Forbidden Door, you know, sort of being a gimmick as it's been for like the last two years and whatnot, we've been seeing a lot of the crossovers between New Japan wrestlers and um, other American talent. But for a joint promotion show, it's what's intriguing. So this is where, I, where I'm really excited for you to be here. What does this mean? Because this is this this is the difference. This is the the difference maker here. This isn't AEW running a show with New Japan talent. This is a cross promotion show, and we haven't seen this for like the you know years and years back in the, the old school days and whatnot. But as of right now, in the new territories and what's happening, we have not seen the likes of this. So, what does it mean for you now, seeing that this is a joint promotion for the two of them? I mean, first of all. It's hard for me to say this, but I do think people need to temper their expectations because, you know, we've seen a lot of cross promotion shows in wrestling. And sometimes, you know, that could turn into what we saw with night three of Wrestle Kingdom with Noah, where it was a lot of tag matches. And that doesn't mean it was a bad show. But when people are fantasy booking this and they're like, oh, I want to see, you know, Okada versus Brian and all these things. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I don't think they're going to give away those big matches right away. That doesn't mean we might not get those big matches, but at their first joint pay-per-view, I don't think we're going to get 
some of the Holy Grail matches. Um, yeah. I do think we're going to get like some tag matches and some like, you know, four man matches, you know, something like that. But the thing that does have me intrigued because um, I don't know if you know, New Japan was just here over the weekend. I was at the show, Windy City yeah. Riot. And at that show, Moxley had an amazing match with Osprey. Really one of the best matches of the year, in my opinion. And afterwards, he continued to call out Tanahashi. He's been calling out Tanahashi for about a year at this point. I feel like that is going to be the place that Mox versus Tanahashi happens is at Forbidden Door. Mm. That's unfortunate for my next question because we were definitely going to ask what would be those matches that make sense that we want to see. And that's definitely one that I definitely was like, yes, that needs to happen. Um, So in terms of business now, because that's the other ramification of this, what do each party get? Now, for AEW, I think they get the notoriety of doing such. They obviously get to, and, and with Tony Khan being a, a wrestling fan, he gets to see things that he could never imagine and being a, a a part of that, making it happen. So like, you know, feel good moment for him, uh, feel good moment for American audiences. But on the other end, we know something that New Japan has been trying to do for, I don't know, let's just say six, seven years trying to get American territory and trying to get American exposure and, and, and trying to gain territory here. And I think AEW is is definitely the way with AEW being one of the hottest promotions, it works. Is there any bit of other logistics that one may not be thinking about on the forefront here in terms of this happening and it happening that it makes sense? Um, well, I think Tony talked um, right away with the Ring of Honor deal about how excited he was to mend that bridge between Ring of Honor and New Japan again. So I do think we're going to see more crossover between Ring of Honor and New Japan eventually. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, part of getting the Ring of Honor deal was part of getting his foot in that door with New Japan to do mm. AEW stuff as well. Um, uh, but like you said, I do think on New Japan side, they've been trying to you make forays into America for a while. And, you know, New Japan of America, you know, was their like latest thing. And I think they would be further along with that if it wasn't for COVID. Because they have been putting on great shows um, yeah. in America. You know, I just spoke about Windy City Riot. They're going to have the show in D.C. in May. Yeah. Um, so, no, they've got good things going. But I think this gives them just that much more exposure getting them on TNT in front of a you know national audience and not just on fight or people that buy the pay-per-views that's you know that's got to be pretty you know beneficial for them yeah yeah i also tend to think because you know during the pandemic the travel restrictions of was one of the big parts why you know things yeah. wasn't happening um also think in, a, in, a, in terms of a partnership like this, especially what Tony Khan may be able to leverage, just may help them logistically in travel. Maybe he's able to grant like work visas of some sorts, if that's ever an issue for certain talent. So certain talent who may not have been able to get over so easily may now have like a direct pipeline in order to do so. Um, and, you know, I, I think it was really telling when you have the president comes out and, and, and showing good faith, like this is a real deal. This isn't a rumor. This isn't, you know, some under the table type of business. So I think like logistically from the business standpoint, I think it's just going to all work out good. So what you're saying in terms of longevity, 
it's substantial so that, yes, you don't put all your eggs in a basket in this match, but you do set up a lot of things to come possibly going forward. And that that's intriguing. And yeah, let's, let's talk about the show you just had, because you just mentioned like when we got the announcement, because obviously I'm in D.C., when we got the announcement that New Japan was coming, everybody I talked to around here was like, wait, what? Where did this come from? Like, it's unheard of. So, again, the, t- talk me through uh, this. Did, did, you, did you go to the show live when he was there? Yes. Okay, yeah, I need to feel it. What was the what was the whole vibe and the energy in, in there? Very, very good show. Now, again, wasn't in Chicago. It was in Villa Park. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was an experience getting in because, you know, it was in Villa Park. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was a really, really good atmosphere. Um, the crowd was really, really into it. Because, I mean, this is a treat. We don't get to see New Japan in Chicago. Um, and so, I mean, getting to see Suzuki versus Ishii, in person was just incredible. The crowd was super into that match. Like I said, Mox versus uh, Osprey was really good. I thought the the ten man match, the uh, Bullet Club versus uh, uh, United Empire, was also mm-hmm. very good. Um, I keep saying, out of those United Empire guys, the guys that I'm excited for is Aussie Aussie Open. Those guys are awesome. Um, they're a tag team. I definitely want to see more of. And if a tag team comes over to be on the card for Forbidden Door. I hope it's Aussie Open. Okay, okay. Now, there we go. This is You just walked yourself right into it. The fancy matches that need to happen of the ones you haven't mentioned just yet. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, one Mr. CM Punk tweeted out back last year, hey, Rainmaker, this is my address, and address, of course, <laughs> with the United Center. And so, man, if you're going to tease me with Okada versus Punk and Punk is definitely going to have a title match next month. Can I see him walking into United Center as champion and wrestling Okada? Mm. I don't know. That's That's a a lot of money to be made right there. A lot, a lot. (laughs) That's that's quite a main event to put on that card. Um, I have to imagine if you're selling that that card, it's not just New Japan, but it's at the United Center. I'm imagining Punk is going to be in the main event. Okay. Um, That's just a hunch. I could be wrong on that. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't. If you're offering Okada versus Punk, I'm not going to turn that down. And like I said, of course, I think um, even if you don't have that, you have... Kenta waiting in the wings. Kenta's been waiting for that match with Punk for a long time. GTS versus GTS. I took that one as well. Um, It's a lot of possibilities. Uh, Fantasy booking that I've always wanted. I don't think it's going to happen on this card, but I've always wanted to see Orange Cassidy wrestle Naito. (laughs) I I think that would just be an awesome match. Just their styles, just the fact that they both kind of do like a sloth, like Tranquilo joint. I think that would be an awesome match. Yeah. I don't think that's happening, but I would be totally into that. Um, but I, I do think they're because they have enough stables on um, AW side and they have a bunch of stables on New Japan side. I do think we're going to get like a bunch of like six man matches and probably yeah. like a big like 10 man match with like, I don't know, like Bullet Club versus Dark whatever. Order. Yeah, I mean. At this point, with everything that Adam Cole is doing, and I mean, we didn't even talk about that. The greatest thing about the announcement was the way that Adam Cole waited in the winds and took (laughs) Kenny Omega's moment. He came out and straight up took Kenny Omega's moment away. And then he brought out his op. He was like, hey, by the way, I am still working with my man Jay White over here. So I I think there's going to be a big Bullet Club presence at this show as well, which... I don't think Kenny's going to wrestle, but 
I could see him make an appearance. You can't you can't wait this long to do a New Japan show with AEW and not use Kenny. Kenny is the guy. Kenny is the bridge to New Japan for a lot of fans. Like a lot yeah. of a lot of Japanese fans are going to want to see Kenny in some yeah. way. So I believe he's going to make an appearance. Do I believe he's going to be well enough to wrestle by then? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. You're definitely nailing it on all accounts. And I mean, besides just for for fandom, uh, there's a lot of money merch wise to be made here. Anything Bullet Club. Um, to kind of go back just a little bit, because I, I, I feel like there's a bit of a gray area of something I'm probably forgetting. What was the bad blood that ultimately happened with the New Japan Always deal? Was it just the Bucks and them just leaving? And, and that just, you know, obviously left people salty? Or was there anything else that was involved with that? Um, I'm not exactly sure. But, I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, at some point, Ring of Honor was the 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 bte show it was a lot of the angles from from being the elite yeah. it was it was the bucks it was kenny it was hank man all of those guys and so once they left you took a big chunk of you know their popularity and it and they took a lot of their audience with them to aw and i feel like new japan felt the same way like the bucks were a big draw for them and at the time kenny was world champion and so yeah, you took a uh, you took a big chunk chunk of their audience with you to AEW out of the blue, and then especially Ring of Honor basically lent them their infrastructure to do all in. So it's like they basically helped them, you know, uh, start their own thing. And yeah. so I could I could feel I could see why they might be salty about that. I don't know if that's totally the reason, but I could see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, as long as people are making money, everybody's happy. So, <laughs> so all yeah. that's been the past now. <laughs> it, yeah, if you would have told me whatever a year ago, like when, because it looked like Ring of Honor, I swear, Ring of Honor is just like unkillable. Like every time it looks like those guys are in the dirt, they will find a way back. And so <laughs> if you had told me a year ago, Ring of Honor would be, you know, hot like it is now. And there's so much buzz around what Ring of Honor might do next. I'd be like, nah, for what? But seriously, Supercard of Honor was one of the best match, best cards of this, this year so far. I thought that was one of the best shows of WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, um, so the Sinclair era of of uh, Ring of Honor is definitely rest in peace, and that yeah. right there is anything that anybody mentioned about them being hot or have made it to this far, absolutely no chance ever. I mean, even announcing <laughs> in November, coming back, I was like, yeah, <laughs> don't hold your breath. Yeah. But I mean, what they, they did look funny. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Fried rice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but Tony Khan coming in with the GoFundMe money, uh, you know, here we are. And and it's still to be really de- determined what's next for Ring of Honor. Um, you know, I I asked them at the um at the uh scrum, you know, being in this area with us having a major promotion of Ring of Honor here in our backyard, which really didn't mean anything because Sinclair didn't make it <laughs> worth anything. But still there's a, a very loyal fan base here, and you kind of wonder like now what's next so you know are you still going to cater to this uh, to this audience or whatnot and what are these type of weekly shows or monthly shows or when are we getting the next pay-per-view that style of ring of honor when do we you know get to really um see that talent you know that never had any really big television uh, pu- uh publicity um now get a chance to really shine in the way they could and, and i think that's going to re- revitalize a lot of folks a lot of folks who were just 
definitely on the wayside on their own life support with Sinclair. Uh, now probably getting another, another little boat of energy ready to do what they do. So, and you know, Vicky Gresham, I mean, he's been wrestling fantastic for the last two years plus, but like, there's definitely an extra pep in his step now. Like you, you can tell what this means now that everybody's saying like, oh yeah, they're, they're hot again. They're hot, hot, you know? And and that's really like a, an, a, a very special thing. Um, so wanted to go to the next thing here. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about with, uh, with that announcement? Let me see. And again, in case you got a guy, you all don't know again, um, the AEW New Japan show is going to be June 26th, United Center in Chicago. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. We got a little about, we got about a, about two months, about two months two out. Months. So. Man, so. I'm already making plans. Of course, I don't have to make travel plans, so that makes it easier. <laughs> um, Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I. the other thing that I'm curious about with this is um, they've already announced the G1 is coming up. So, I wonder, you know, with this officially being on the table that they're doing cross promotion, will we see anybody from AEW participate in the G1? Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. What? Another random question. Where do you think Impact falls in, in all of this? <laughs> Man, Impact, Talk about resilience. <laughs> Impact looked like they were carving a nice little... Uh, slice of the industry over there and they were getting some partnerships going they had uh they had fin juice on impact for a minute they had bullet club coming through there they still got bullet club going over there because you still got chris bay over there he's still bullet club um i don't know what to make of this man because it doesn't seem like aw intends to work with impact again I mean, it doesn't seem like their door is closed, but they haven't mentioned anything about Impact. Um, and it doesn't, I, I would assume this doesn't bode well if there was any hope that there would be like a big super card for like Impact, AEW, New Japan. Because now it seems like we're cutting out the middleman. We got, we, <laughs> we, we went straight to, we went straight to the plug. We don't need the distro no more. <laughs> Listen, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know. Here, here we, here we go again. With we saying that. now, what's next for Impact? And we're going to be six months later. Like, dang, they still weathered the storm. But the Impact, I, I actually think Impact is in a great. It's not not in a great. I think it's in a good position because I do think their programming is actually good. I've been enjoying Impact recently, and I'm actually excited for the pay per view this weekend. Yeah. Um. I I do think that getting uh Alexander back is going to be a big deal. I think they've got to make the right decision this time and put the title on that guy. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. Mm. So I know something that you, uh, don't dabble in and I probably shouldn't have went down the rabbit hole either, but I did take a look at the comments under the pent tweet on AEW's uh, page about the announcement. And the very first one I, I saw said, what about the women? So what do you do in this fashion? Because that's always been... I would like to say the biggest issue, one of the issues in terms of booking um, with AEW. And now this doesn't fare well in terms of promoting them and going forward with elevating them. You know, it, it's it's just the era we're in now where like wrestlers are wrestlers, male and female or non-binary. Mm-hmm. And when you do a show that is going to heavily promote male talent, and this is definitely going to take everything, everything, everyone involved to the next level. You have to kind of look across the board and say, well, who didn't make the bus here? 
And then there's a whole bus of women that just didn't get the invite. And you started to say, well, am I interested in that? That's not part of the, the, the current programming and, and booking. So it, however you want to look at it, as hot as Jade is right now, even she will take a hit in terms of like folks' immediate interest. And you start dabbling with the Bullet Club again. We know that that era of the Bullet Club was way hotter than most things, almost everything of that era. And that's, again, we're going down that route. So how do you mitigate this issue? Yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of people would jump into conclusions because they haven't announced anything for the show yet. They just said that it's a crossover show. For all we know, we could see Ring of Honor talent on this card as well. Um, and I, I could, that makes me wonder because, you know, when you say Gresham is there, could we see Gresham on this card wrestle anybody? Maybe, maybe we could see him defend the Ring of Honor title on this card. I don't know. Um, But if that's the case, you do have Mercedes Martinez, who is Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Um, And you do, she is interim champion. I don't know when she's going to get her match with Deanna. Maybe they can make that the match here. I don't know. Um, I just think people are just so quick to go, oh, it's only going to be New Japan AEW matches. It could. We we never know. They. I. I. I think it would be a, a enormous mistake to not book any women's matches on this card. And I. I would like to believe that Tony Khan is smart enough to to not go into this show and book a completely male card. Um. So I think if 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 there aren't any you know wrestlers, whether that be from Stardom or or you know, I know he's got the partnership with DDT as well. If he's not working with uh, TJ TJP as well. Um, I think he's going to figure out something for the women to do on the show. And, I mean, they've got options. You've got, like I said, you've got Ring of Honor women there. You've got AEW women. You can figure out some kind of showcase match to put on this this card. Now, if you're going to tempt me with some stardom, women coming over to wrestle on this card, I take it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and if you're one of these people online with these nasty takes that the AEW women are not good enough to wrestle stardom wrestlers, whoa. Stop it. Whoa, I ain't seen, seen that I've, one. I've seen people saying that, and it's a dumb take. Stop it. It's a, <laughs> it's a bad take, guys. Cut it out. <laughs> oh, man. The, the the content you can consume digging digging deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, listen, we've got we've got several women on the roster that wrestled with stardom. I mean, I know Layla Hirsch is hurt, but she wrestled with stardom. Yeah. Jamie Hayter wrestled for stardom. Tony Storm also wrestled for stardom. Yeah. So you yeah. got options. Yeah, and I bet you all of them are like palms are just sweating. Like, yo, give me the call. What are we gonna do? So, yeah, and I also think too because I mean this would now become a fifth pay-per-view for AEW. So is this just a special attraction or is this going to be reoccurring? Do they make this a weekend? I mean, you got to make it a weekend. You're talking about Chicago. So could be other things to come. Um, So yeah, I hit you up when I land. (laughs) Yeah, you got to be close (laughs) enough where you got, because I mean, the pay-per-view is going to be on Sunday. Hopefully that they're, they're doing something else that weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Dynamite's not here that week. I think it's in Milwaukee? I should don't know. I think it's in Milwaukee, and I think it's in Detroit the week after that. Oh, you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. Hmm. All right, we'll see. All right, so that will wrap up that announcement talk. Uh, all things Tony Khan and whatnot. Um, Our next partner has a product I use almost daily. AG1 from Athletic Greens is as close to a magic vitamin supplement as you can get and help somebody like me who's constantly on the go. 
maintain my optimal fitness and health levels as much as possible. So what's in this stuff you're going to wonder? 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right and help with all the digestive help you need. AG1 goes where I go. It goes to work with me, to the gym, or even when I'm covering events. Keeps me going when I need a boost because let me tell you, at the rate I go, I don't slow down for anybody and this is the most helpful thing I can think of to help me get over that hump. Has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And for me, most importantly, supports better sleep and quality recovery because everybody who knows me knows I don't sleep a lot of hours because I'm always working, but it helps in the long run. Trust me on that one. Now for you all wondering, I know what you're thinking. How much does it cost? It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than fueling your cold brew habit or going to Starbucks to get the mocha wata evachino. Now's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Take it from me, it's a lot easier. And to make it easier on you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance trust me you'll thank me later let's get into our second slash third topic of the night so i saw this and i was super intrigued because (laughs) when you talk about really debatable takes this one right here i don't think got enough traction um but we're going to talk about it so i'm going to make sure i credit the correct person uh with this one so in a an interview on the athletic it was with triple h and um he was interviewed by let me just make sure i get his name chris van van nini yeah van nini um and in that triple h made a take saying and i and i quote he got bad habits triple h says independent wrestlers have bad habits that untrained college athletes don't Mm. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I look. That's gonna rub people the wrong way, but I, I, I understand what he he was attempting to say. I don't know if I agree with how he said it, but I understood what he meant because you know when you bring in people that are completely raw, um, they're more malleable. So you can completely train them in WWE's house style. You don't have to break them of things that they want to do because they they're used to what they were doing elsewhere to get get you know the this is awesome chance and all of the pops and now you know when you've got somebody that you brought in like like bianca is a good example bianca had no wrestling um experience before that but she also is a collegiate athlete yeah she's also a collegiate athlete and you brought her in and then you completely molded her Mm -hmm. into a wwe wrestler and I think what he's saying by that is the new NXT, you know, 
colorful, you know, in living <laughs> color, in living color 2.0 is is not is not what we used to be doing. We're not trying to do the indie riffic super super shows anymore. We're trying to mold guys that I feel like Vince is going to keep, and so that's why we got this quote. Well, we have gotten this quote from Vince from Triple H three four years ago when Takeover was the hottest thing going. No. Okay. I don't think we would have. All right, so here's here's what I think. Let's just start from the surface here. Independent wrestlers and where they're getting their training, their education from. It's pretty safe to say that there's not that many reputable schools out there, but everybody can open up one just like anybody can run a promotion. So for me, that's already bad for business because there are folks who aren't getting proper training, who is buying gear or getting hand-me-down gear, whatever it may be. And I'm not bashing nobody's struggle or whatever it may be or, or whatever anybody's trajectory to make it to where they made it. But let's just call it what it is. Some people actually legitimately put in for results and some people kind of slid by. And I, I, I can even equate it to like folks in terms of grade schools. Some folks got straight A's and didn't land good jobs. Some people got bad grades and make a ton of money. You just never know how it could be. I just think that in this case, in terms of uh, conditioning and whatnot, I think that to your point of the very vast amount of sample subjects that they had from the Evolve, from the uh, um, uh, Russell Factory, all those folks that they got brought in during the NXT black and gold days that were some of the hottest independent talent. Call it what it is, but were they actually trained correctly? Were they actually, you know, <laughs> untrainable? And so I think I think we have to agree that like there are some folks that, you know, their careers were shortened because of just things they just were not unable to program. And I I feel that you just never know what you're gonna get with certain folks. And also that we can we can even kind of go like towards the medical route. There's folks that got hurt, didn't rehab it correctly obviously didn't have the, the, the insurance or the backings to do so, but they couldn't miss their next check and they went back on it and, uh, you know, and they get back out there and, and, and now a piece of their body has been healed in an improper way, but they're still out there doing it and, and thus their risk <laughs> to further injury. It's all these sorts of different things that happen. Now the difference here with collegiate folks is that they constantly train because most of them have to do it in order to keep their scholarships. Most of them have weekly practices. Most of them have uh, all sorts of other demands and merits that they look forward to. You know, if you're on track, you're looking for Olympics, uh, you know, uh, football, basketball, the next level of, of whatever you're going to enter. So it's just like their, their bodies is constantly being trained. Most college kid, uh, student, uh, most colleges have um, uh, training staffs or some type of medical staff who can examine. Um, so it's 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 a different playing field. It, I don't think it necessarily means that one wrestler can be better than the other, but I think that if you do get one of those ones who was so stuck in their ways of, of how they wrestled or how they trained, and then they just were unable to be unprogrammed and conditioned in the way that they were, I think that does become just a liability for them to mold and adapt. And I think that's what truly makes some of the best wrestlers is the one who are able to adapt, who's able to... Um, show forms of resilience and, 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 and adjust whatever the different scenarios may be. So like, I, I agree with him. It's just, it's just, <laughs> yes, yeah, some, some folks got bad habits. Hopefully everybody didn't take that personal, but like some folks do got bad habits, but some folks are good. Some folks made it, you know? 
Well, look, I think people are going to see just that sound bite of it. Like, if you just take that snippet of the interview out of context and you just like, okay, indie wrestlers have bad habits, then, you know, that makes it look like, you know, he is attacking indie wrestling. I don't think that's what he's doing because, look, indie wrestling and TV wrestling are just two way different things. And I think that... (laughs) I think for what WWE wants wrestlers to come in and do, I think that's what he means by they have bad habits. Because it's like, we have to come in now and, you know, teach you how to be a TV wrestler. Um, I mean, we just saw the, 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 the what do you call it, the Road Dog um, tweet the other night where he was saying Randy Orton is, is, is the best TV wrestler he's ever seen. And I don't think that's because Randy is the best in-ring worker he's ever seen. I, like... I don't think most people would be like Orton is the best in-ring worker even in WWE. But for what their style is and for what they need him to do on television, um, he's safe. He he wrestles clean. Um, you know what you're getting with him. Yeah. And I, I think that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Longevity definitely speaks volumes. I mean, in every sport. No matter if you are like, you know, the top performer, the best score, whatever it may be. When you look at the folks that are have been in the league that just been missed the clutch, that's just always been there. You know, those are the folks that you don't appreciate initially, but afterwards you start saying, like, yeah, that that was that was that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like John Cena's another one. John Cena was a guy that lasted for a long time because he got good at at doing what they needed him from him. Yeah. Yeah. What about your man Dolph Ziggler? Dolph Ziggler is the same thing. So I, I feel like Dolph, like he's in that he's in that conversation of guys that's a safe pick. If you want a good match for what their style is, you can you can go and get Dolph. That's why they brought Dolph down to NXT for those matches because they know he's gonna work. I mirror your same sentiments. Now hold on, I gotta remember because it was uh, it was either you or Will that said the funniest thing ever when we were at the Royal Rumble. We all said what happens when you when you get it put in the program with Dolph anchor. <laughs> exactly. Sink straight to the to the bottom. I think that's Will, but that's not a knock on Dolph as a wrestler. It's just At how all. they've been using him. Like yes. they've been using him as this new like he's the guy that's gonna break somebody in when they come in, but it doesn't always work. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, and I, I think that you know, the other kind of tidbit that's kind of been going on with this is that everybody is basically saying that, you know, um, sports entertainment is WWE, AEW's pro wrestling, and folks are starting to realize that the sports entertainment in both brands. And I think however you make it to the majors, whether it's AEW or, um, or WWE, I think to be flexible, to be willing to adapt, um, and, and whatever it is that, uh, you know, the folks may be asking for, as long as it has some integrity around it as well, is always yeah. a good trait. And I think that's just what a lot of collegiate kids get because most, I mean, I can always attest to football. It's one of my my favorite sports, but it's like, imagine saying, like, I want to play quarterback in the NFL. And it's like, about that. So this tight end position we got for you, what you going to do? And it's like, because you're not going to make it there. That's just not a good look. But this is what happens. And we've seen some some people. I mean, Julian Edelman is the, a prime example of a quarterback that went wide receiver. And, well, his his bling, his bling bling on his hand speaks for itself. And I think that a yeah. lot of just collegiate kids just get that, you know, either one either what your initial major may be and you end up switching it. And I think that 
with independent wrestlers, they realize like, oh, this gimmick works. I used it in this territory. I used it over there. It popped. I got booked here. And they just continue to do it. And then some people just get stuck in their way. And that's not a good thing. And I think that comes down to conditioning and, and training and, and, and mentality overall. So well, um, here's my thing. I think that both companies are doing very different things. Like, I think that AEW embraces indie wrestling sensibilities. And that's why some people enjoy it. But I think WWE for better or worse, can be very homogenized. And that's not, I, I feel like some people might see that as a bad thing. It is for, for certain things, but they know what they want there. And I think that when you go there, you have to fit into that mold. And I, I mean, hey, it works for some people. Like when you look at The Miz, yeah. it's worked great for The Miz. When you look at guys like AJ Styles, he's been able to slide into their style and, and make it work. Um, it doesn't work for everybody, though. And like I said, that's not a good I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. It's just how they do things. And I mean, I, it is what it is. I mean, they were embracing indie sensibilities when it was NXT and NXT was a hot ticket. But now, you know, I feel like Vince um, peeked behind that. It was like all of the guys he was hiding in his special project over there, um, Triple H. And then Vince peeked in like, what are you what are you guys doing over here? What is this? What is that? No, get this guy out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i could uh, I, sometimes just the way i be thinking that that conversation when i just bust out laughing to myself like yeah he it, it, it must have been like man there's so many even some things that i'm just like i could clearly never say but like i can just imagine like vince is finding out what was happening in xt and saying nah uh-uh no, mm-hmm. who, who is mm-hmm. this kid? What? Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> All right, so look, before I let you go, because I got to get the scoop, what's going on on Grapsity this week, man? What y'all got coming up, man? Y'all had one of the hottest, first of all, Grapsity's one of the hottest podcasts out right now, folks. Y'all definitely got to tune into that each Saturday at 12 here, or is it 12 there? It's noon Eastern, so it's 12. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, 12 here. Cool, cool, cool. Again, you can find that on fightful.com. Um, Folks, you had to been under a rock if you didn't catch that Jade interview. Literally one of my favorite uh, interviews of this year. Uh, but yeah, what 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 else y'all got coming up, man? I know I know y'all cooking something up, man. If you can uh, give a little detail. <laughs> I mean, well, we interviewed Nyla last week as a like a special before our episode. So it was just a standalone interview, and then we did our interv- we did our regularly scheduled episode. But this week we got Candice Cordelia on from Busted Open Radio. Mm-hmm been talking about getting her on for a minute so very excited for her to be on um we're working on getting more guests um i've got people i know i want to interview yes sir um, still in the works though <laughs> yes sir yes sir my god y'all keep grinding loving what y'all doing love seeing the brothers thrive out here uh making change man i'm telling you i i look forward to uh good old june being in the uh the scrum because uh i already know the, the graph city folks they bring in the questions they don't care who who got what to say they bring it in hard and heavy in there <laughs> I, I felt the way i was looking at i told them um in our group chat uh will and Reg that i was kind of looking like squidward from the window because i saw them in the in the uh <laughs> i saw them in the scrum and i was like oh man they're in the scrum in orlando and then i looked and i saw you front row I was like all my guys are in there i'm the only one that's left out <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you ain't gonna be left out in your in your home camp, man. Nah, so, nah, you nah, not, not here, not up yeah. here, not up <laughs> here, <laughs> not in my hometown. Yeah, you no. Even if I don't do media, I will be in the building. No doubt, no doubt, and I definitely be hitting you up as I land. But folks, again, Phil, my guy, again, one of the uh, hosts of the Grap City podcast, coming through tonight on the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this was a fun one. I've been wanting to do this for a while. We're definitely gonna have to do this again. You know, the seat is always open. Man, maybe we get the whole team here next time, uh, talk some things. Um, and folks listening to us live or if you're catching the replay, you know, we're here live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on all social media. Or you can catch the replay the following day on all audio podcast platforms. Phil, my brother, thank you so much for coming through tonight. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. No doubt. No doubt. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you all back next week.